Hey, what's up? My name is DeAndra Kiera, and you are tuned in to a new episode of Just Let It Glow podcast. And all I have to say is I'm back. Um, I know you guys have been waiting. It's been about two months since the last episode where we gave Natasha a great farewell. But now it's a new era of Just Let It Glow, and I'm doing this by myself. Um, It's going to be a total new setup, total different type of show. And I look forward to going with you all and you guys going with me. And let's just talk about what's been going on in my life since you last heard from me. So um, I originally wanted to come back in January, but I honestly wasn't ready. And on the show, I talk a lot about transparency and giving you guys my truest form of myself and being very forthcoming about the things I go through, the thing, my thought process a lot of the times, my mental health, my spirit, things like that. So when I first found out like I was going to do the show by myself, I was excited. You know, I'm very happy for my friend. I know she's doing what's best for her. But at the same time, fear like struck. And I was like, well, shit, like would anybody want to listen to me by myself? Like, what am I going to talk about on a show by myself? How does that look for me? Who's going to tune in? And I really had to do like a deep dive of remembering who the fuck I am, basically. And I have always been forthcoming. I've always wanted to do like talk show hosts, radio and stuff like that. And through therapy, I have been, you know, working on my inner child and doing stuff that would make my inner child happy. And when I was a child, I always wanted to be like Oprah. I wanted to do talk shows. I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to be a storyteller. I wanted to create a space where, you know, people can be their truest form of themselves. So for the last month, last two months is legit two months since our last episodes. I've been working. I've been, I started, well, last year, I don't know if I talked to you guys about it. I was working my ass off. I had like a full-time job and two part-time jobs. And my full-time job, um, it just wasn't financially supporting me in a way that I needed it to. So I was looking for jobs, looking for a new job, and it just was nothing was hitting. I was on LinkedIn like all day, every day. I had countless amounts of interviews. Damn near always going to the last round and nothing would happen. And it will basically always get me to the last round. They're like, you're doing good. You're great. But we're going to go with someone else. So at the time, I was like, fuck it. I am tired of just waiting for a new job to come on. I'm going to go pick up a part-time job. So I did. And I was basically working seven days a week. I probably had like one day to myself, which would be like Sunday. But every other day, I had a job. I was working on top of working, doing the podcast and everything else. And with trying to be in survival mode and doing things on my own as an independent woman, nobody to fall back on, a lot of stuff went to the wayside. So I wasn't able to go to the gym like I wanted to. I wasn't able to rest like I needed to or even think or be creative in any way because I was just in survival mode. Um, 
And I talked to you guys a lot about manifestation. And during that time, I would still journal. I would still write things down and say what it is I want to do. But all the while, still working my ass off. And I eventually landed a new job. Literally everything I asked for. A new field. The salary that I wanted. The type of work environment that I wanted. And the space to grow. I felt like being in another com- my other company for so long, I have lost, I lost and failed to grow because I was just comfortable and they were comfortable with me being where I was. And I knew that I had way more potential um, to do more and to be better and to really, you know, put myself out there and try something totally new. I knew that I was an asset to any company. So I wound up getting a new job in September of last year. And honey, when I say whatever, they made me work for that new salary. And I was working my ass off and I still was just in one track mind, still focused, working. I still had one of my part-time jobs. I ended up quitting just because the atmosphere, I didn't like it. And at that point, I didn't need it. It was just like I couldn't. I was so scared to ease out of survival mode that I didn't realize, like, I'm now thriving. Like, I'm not surviving anymore. Like, I'm thriving. Like, you can let that income go. Like, this is it. If you manifested this, if you realize, like, this is what you wanted, you have to have faith that God would pull you through and not to hold on to anything else as a crutch. And that's what I was doing with one of my part-time jobs. So I ended up quitting that, and I focused primarily on the podcast and my full-time job. And at that time, you know, my co-host realized she wanted to focus on herself. And like she said, you can listen to the last podcast and she no longer wanted to do the podcast. And I'm all for anyone deciding to do what's best for them because I'm going to always do what's best for me as well. And um, I I wasn't scared at, at the first thought of doing a podcast by myself. I came up with a bunch of ideas, but there's this thing that I've talked about of self-sabotage that comes in and it's a small voice in the back of your head that places doubt and it makes you think like you can't do something that you, you know, that's just such an idiotic idea. And why would anybody want to listen to me by myself? Or why would I even try, like, just stop the podcast, you know, figure something else out and do it on your own. But there was so much encouragement from my friends, family, you guys, Natasha, that was just like, you can do this. You got this. Like, you have the personality for it. You're doing well. Um, You'll do great, you know. And everybody said that to me, but I still wasn't fucking with it. Like, I knew I wanted to keep doing a podcast, but I was just like, no, I don't want to. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I don't want to. Um, But then um, I talked about it in my therapy session. And, you know, in therapy, I feel like therapy is wasteful if you're not being honest with your therapist. And I could have talked to her about anything else that was going on, but I knew that this was a conversation I had to have that either way it went, I would be okay because I talked it through, you know, before I make a decision, I felt like I needed to talk it through with my therapist. And basically I told her, you know, I don't know if I should do it. I'm scared. And she was just like, what are you scared of? I was like, 
well, what if people don't want to hear me by myself? Or what if they don't like me by myself? Or, you know, what if I fuck up? You know, like, what if I mess up? And she was just like, well, then you just mess up and you just figure it out. And, you know, who are you as a person? And when she asked me that, and she was like, I was like, what you mean, who am I? And she was like, take a moment and write down who you are. Like, who are you? I am this. I am that. And we took a few moments and I just started writing so many things down. And I realized I've never done that before as an adult. Like, I didn't know when someone asked me that question, like, who are you? Who's DeAndre? I didn't have a ready-made answer. And one of the things that I pride myself on is being well-prepared. But I didn't know who that was because I realized I'm in my 30s and I'm just growing, going through life. And I'm figuring out, and the person I was before, I am not that person anymore. So I'm rediscovering who I am as a person right now outside of survivor mode, right? Outside of my relationship to anybody, outside of, you know, anything that I was in the past, the the unhealthy me, the toxic me, I have been, you know, working on myself and I'm rediscovering who I am as a person today. Not who I was last year, not who I was six months ago. I'm a total different person and I'm in the rediscovery mode. But what I do know is that I'm a good person. I know that I'm creative. I know I'm a beautiful soul. I know I'm beautiful on the outside. I know that I'm a great listener. I'm I'm a lot of things. So I wrote all of that stuff down and I read it back out loud. And at that moment, I suddenly felt affirmed and I like got off my ass and was just like, no, we're going to do this because you still have so much to share. And a friend of mine, my therapist was like, you know, I'm going to give you homework and I just want you to do something small, like go live on your Instagram and talk and see how you feel about it. And I did. And a lot of you guys participated and I really, really enjoyed it. Not only that, um, throughout the weeks, different people would hit me up and like, when are you coming back? Like my Thursdays haven't been the same. I'm ready to hear what you got to say about so many other things. And that hit me and that, you know, made me feel so, so good because I thought, damn, if I don't believe in myself in this way and there are people that are contacting me and they think of me in this way, why don't I have the same feelings for myself? Why don't I affirm myself the way that I affirm others? So this month I have been really trying to really show up for me and we're going to get into that more um, later in the show. But I just decided to like just show up for me now. So here I am. This will be um, a growing process and we'll be glowing and going through life together. And um, it's just be something new. We're still going to be messy. We're still going to get in a mess. We're still going to talk about life, but it's just going to be elevated conversations where we, you know, really just look at the whole scope of things, the sociology of behind things or nature versus nurture behind certain conversations. And we're just going to have like really, really in-depth conversations. Um, but what else has been going on in my life? I have started working out again. Um, I started being a better friend to myself. 
I'm still single as hell because I'm recording this on Valentine's Day. But obviously, Eric is here too. So we've just two single ass people recording. So there's that. Um, my celebrating Valentine's Day. Um, I thought I would be sad, like, oh, you know, I want a relationship. But I feel like this is the best I've loved myself in a very long time. And I don't want to sound like a cliche, like, oh, you know, Badu rap, I love myself, I'm the spirit, I'm the... No, it's just like, I really am in a space where I really, really am happy at where I'm in in life and where I'm going and who I am as a person. And um, I'm content, you know? Like, I have really great people in my life. I have um, a lot of great opportunities that have been coming my way lately. I've been learning a lot. I've been getting back into some hobbies I haven't had in a while. And um, I'm just excited. So hopefully, you know, you guys are doing well too. And I would love to hear all feedback that you guys have for us, for me. I got to get back to that, like, singular things. I was so used to talking in the plural. So if I say, if I speak plurally, you know, forgive me. But let's chat. Let's get into some things that I really wanted to talk to you guys about. As you all know, I am like Queen Beyonce's Dan. I love Beyonce. I'm so excited for the Renaissance tour. And the only thing is the Philly, I decided, so I wanted to go to Houston. But the only thing is Houston is at the end of September. And I don't think I can wait that long without going to see Beyonce. Like, I don't think I can watch all the other, like, that's, like, one, the second to last show. I don't think I can wait that long. I might still go there, but I'll probably get, like, cheap resale tickets to experience it because I do want to see Beyonce in her hometown. But Philly is the first show in the U.S., and I need to be in the seats. And for some reason, we are, like, the last group of people to be able to buy tickets. So next week... I want y'all to cross your fingers for me and make sure I get my tickets because I'm going to be there. Like, I don't care. I want to be in Club Renaissance. I don't know if I'm willing to spend $1,000 to be in Club Renaissance, but I want to be in the concert. I have been to almost about like six Beyonce concerts. Everyone is different. I know that people are not that are not like big music fans look at me like I'm crazy. Like, how many times you gonna see that? As many times as I can afford. My mom literally was just like, yo, you have been like a Beyonce fan since you were a little girl. I said, I have. And I remember I told myself when I was a little girl, when I'm an adult, I'm gonna get a good job and I'm gonna go to every Beyonce concert I can go to. Because, you know, growing up, you know, my mom couldn't afford to just send me to be- see Beyonce. And she got two other daughters. Like, we, that's like three Beyonce tickets back in the day. Hell no, she, we was not doing it. But as an adult, I told myself, like, I am going to see Beyonce every single time. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward. I feel like it's going to be like a party. I don't feel like it's going to be as choreographed as we were used to her doing. I feel like it's going to be like Studio 54 vibes. Like, it's going to be a club. I don't know. Like, she's been coming out with so many remixes. I love the um, Cuff It Weather remix. I love that. Um, I think the vocals are there. I think the fact that she's making her former dancers audition to Beyonce, it's coming to snatch her fucking wigs 
And I feel like it's going to be worth every bit of money that we spend. So I'm excited for it. I want to see. So this is who I want to see open up for her. But the thing is, open up for Beyonce is very touching of. Because Beyonce utilizes all her time and she utilizes the entire stage. But I would really like to see Chloe Bailey open. I feel like she has like very good star power. Only critic uh, critical thing I could say about Chloe Bailey, she get too hype in the song too early. Like she loses herself in a moment too early within the show. So I kind of need her to pace herself and but I think she'll be a really great performance. And I would love to see Megan Thee Stallion go on tour with her as well. Megan has been on a bit of a hiatus, rightfully so, after the um, Tory Lanez court case and all of the public scrutiny and all of, you know, just the, the doubt and every all the traumatic things that happened to her. She's been on like a, you know, Social media clans been out the way. Hasn't been popping up for any events that, like, we had the the Grammys, the Super Bowl. Like, she's been very to herself lately, which I can understand, I can appreciate. But I would I absolutely love her to go on tour with Beyonce. I think that would be a really good look. So, you know, prayers for Megan, because I really, really hope that she's doing well. But those are the two people I would absolutely love. Somebody mentioned to me Normani, and I'm like, Nobody has no music out right now. Cute girl, cute songs, no momentum. So I don't really care to see her on tour with Beyonce. Maybe like on the next act in Renaissance, maybe, but no. So this past weekend was the Super Bowl, and unfortunately, our Eagles did not win. But you know who's winning? Rihanna. So Rihanna um, performed at the Super Bowl this weekend and revealed that she was pregnant. A lot of people have a lot of critical things to say about it. They didn't enjoy the performance. I feel like Rihanna has never been a choreographed, um, a very strict performer. She's always kind of created her own lane and did what she wanted to do. Um, She's not like a performer's performer. She's not like off the branch of a a Janet Jackson or Beyonce. She's kind of like, she has obviously marketed herself as the anti of those type of artists where Rihanna is the type of artist that you can just give any song to. She has different genres. There's no niche thing. Like one, she's not a one trick pony. She kind of, she's whatever the producers that produce her sound like. And it's not a bad thing to say, but she has so many different eras that none of her albums sound the same because they all sound like the producers in which created it. So when I didn't have high expectations as far as performance for Rihanna because she has never been like a five, six, seven, eight. She's never been that type of girl. She's just always been cool. Like she's all right. Like it was cute for what it was. Um, but she actually did better than I thought for this Super Bowl, especially being pregnant and being that high up in the air. I would be scared of shit. I honestly wouldn't move too much like she did either because one wrong move and it's not just her life at stake, it's her baby's life at stake. And it doesn't seem like she's super far along. And she had, I think she committed to this about a year ago. So of course she didn't know she would be pregnant again. 
um, and probably couldn't back out of it. And I don't think she should. Um, people are also upset because she's pregnant. They're like, oh, she's not coming out with another album. And I went through her um, her discography, and she came out with seven to eight albums every year since she came out. And from 15 to about 30, I would not come out with another album either. I don't think she's an artist that thrives off of making music. I think it's a job for her. And I think she completed the job. I think she, I think her doing the Super Bowl was like a gift to her fans because, you know, um, they don't get paid for halftime performances. I think that's a really great gift to her fans. And she's done. And y'all can go buy Fenty Beauty, Savage X Fenty, and all of that good shit. And uh, Fenty skin. I don't think that she wants to consistently perform for you guys. I feel like she gave a lot of her life to her fans. And at this point, if she wants to make money, run businesses, and raise her family, y'all have to give her the space to do that. Ancy was an amazing album. And y'all motherfuckers didn't appreciate it. At all. Y'all didn't care. Y'all were bashing the album. And to me, I'm a, like, I like Rihanna. I'm not a huge stand like I am for, like, Beyonce. But I feel like that was one of her better albums. Like, I actually still listen to that album on a daily. And I feel like she left plenty of music for y'all to go back and listen to. Um, But I will say, most of the songs she performed, I did say that she would perform those. Just not in the order in which I thought. Um... I thought she would bring Jay-Z out, but I'm kind of glad that she did, like, very solo. And um, it seemed like she really had fun performing. It just looked nice to me. Like, it didn't look bad. But um, a lot of people were like, oh, she lip sync. When has she not? When has she been the vocalist? And I don't know a lot of people that can sing that high up in the air. I would have been scared shitless to even move, like I said earlier. So... I think she did a good job. Now, who I would like to see have an opportunity to perform at the Super Bowl, and I think they would do a phenomenal job, and I don't know why they haven't been asked yet, is Missy Elliott. She did like the Katy Perry, you know, she came in out on one of hers, but like I feel like Missy Elliott can headline the Super Bowl by herself, and it's like, shut it down like I think it would be amazing if she could do that like I think she's a phenomenal performer and I think that she has like universal hits she has a lot of pop hits and I feel like a lot of people you know sample her music and if you like been to like I've been to a couple of festivals and like a lot of people sample her things and turn it into other stuff I think that she has the range and she puts on a great show so I would like to see Missy Elliott Another person, and there's been a lot of debate about this, man, and I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe because I'm an old millennial and I know the type of impact that he has. Usher. Usher can, if Usher can do a Vegas show and they ask him to extend his residency, Usher can definitely, definitely do the Super Bowl. I feel like Usher will be like, Amaze balls. I feel like that is like such an artist. Artist, the vocals are there. He can still dance. Like if you've seen like clips from his Vegas show, 
This man is singing live and roller skating. They're strippers. Like, I mean, of course, you probably can't even know that. Well, no, J-Lo did strip it. You get on a pole at the uh, Super Bowl. So he can have some dancers. But, like, it's a real show. Like, if I had the money, I know I'm saying, like, I'm about to spend whatever on Beyonce tickets. But, no, if I would have, like, come into some good, good money, I would go to see Usher in Vegas because I want really good seats. I want to have a great time in Vegas. And everybody who's went to the show really, really enjoyed it. So I definitely, um, I think he would do a great job. Who else do I think would do a good job? If they would allow him to, I think Chris Brown would do a good job. I mean, the Grammys did just give um, Dr. Dre an award named after him, even though he has been an alleged abuser. So I feel like Chris Brown, if y'all going to let an alleged abuser get a Grammy named after him, he could probably do the Super Bowl as well. So I think Chris Brown would do a good job too. The only thing is, what Chris Brown are you getting? Are you getting a dedicated artist, Chris Brown? Are you getting the Chris Brown that don't give a fuck about nothing? But I think it'll be, if he is in his best self, I honestly think that It'll be a great show. Like, I think he'll do a really, really great job. I'm really interested to see who would they pick next year. I feel like they probably got to mix in, like, a rock band because it's been, like, last year it was, like, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and 50 Cent and Mary J. Blige. It was, like, very hip-hop-ish. And then this year, Rihanna. So I'm pretty sure they'll do, like, a rock band or a pop artist Maybe, I think Britney Spears already did it before, but maybe if they can get her cleaned up a little bit, they can pick her. Or maybe Justin Bieber. I think they'll pick like a more pop artist or like a rock band or something um, and then during the next Super Bowl. But there's that. Um, over the last week, I had a chance to look at... Um, JT from the City Girls interview with Angie Martinez. And I grew up listening to our Angie Martinez radio, but she has a new podcast called In Real Life with Angie Martinez, where she interviews celebrities and kind of gain, it's kind of like a master class or so, what is it called? Super Sunday, like with Oprah, but with Angie Martinez. Is that vibe, like where they talk real shit in real life and, um, during JC's interview, she kind of just revealed a lot of her traumas, a lot of things she's trying to work on, and um, where she sees her future self. And one of the things that I had talked about on the show before was a lot of, is giving celebrities grace to be human. And I feel like she's one of those people that doesn't get a lot of grace to be human. And it's the expectation of being superhuman as if all of these traumatic things did not happen. And when you are a person living a very normal life where you're not and on the forefront and strangers don't know who you are and you can just go to your nine to five and come home, still dealing with those traumas on a daily basis are a lot. I can only imagine the magnitude it would have as a celebrity of some sort. And I mean, celebrity is very subjective, but you know, I know who she is, so she's a celebrity to me. Um, but she discussed 
growing up without a um without her mother and growing up in her father's house and feeling like ostracized and being one of 16 and you know being told like her mom doesn't want her or you know when her mom would come her mom was struggling with drug abuse her mom would come and bring her stuff and her dad taking it away because the mom couldn't give it to all 16 kids so then she couldn't have it but um even with her you know going to jail and going to prison and having to be in a hole and then when she comes out of when she goes into prison she has the biggest hit of their career which is the song with Drake and she had to turn her like can you imagine get being a new artist with a Drake feature and having to go to prison the same day it comes out and you watch all the fruits of your labor like flourish and you have no idea how long it's going to take for you to get out. She ended up doing 15 months in federal prison, but it could have been a lot longer because she said she didn't really understand what she was going to jail for, right? And um, it's just unfortunate. And she talked about being in a hole. And I don't know if y'all understand what that is. It's like solitary confinement. You are locked up for 24 hours out the day. You only get out one hour to shower and eat basically and you're back in a room by yourself um for days at a time i think she said the longest she did was a week and i know some people that have done it for three months but i feel like being locked in a room for seven days for 24 hours out of each day can you imagine the type of trauma that comes with that you know like most people during the pandemic couldn't even stay in their whole whole ass house to be safe. So I can only imagine being locked in like a small cell in the bottom of like a prison for 23 hours out the fucking day and not be able to like talk, read, do anything. Like you're literally just sitting there. You're not able to talk to your family or anything like that. So um, I just felt really bad listening to it. And you could tell like, you know, she hasn't had an opportunity to talk through these things because nobody, the thing is why I realized a lot of people just don't give a shit. And if you're not saying something salacious or being freaky or just being super entertaining and not being able to be yourself, people don't care to listen. And she can't, she has to be City Girl JT all the time, but she can't be Jatavia, the girl who has gone through things, you know? And it makes it unfortunate that we don't have, create a space where people can be honest about their experiences. And that's what one thing on a podcast here that I want to change is to have a space where people can be very true to their experience and very true to their life. And it don't have to be entertaining. It's not going to make you laugh every five minutes, but you're going to walk away feeling some type of way. You're going to walk away with some type of knowledge or some type of understanding or familiarity. Um, and she kind of just discussed the fact that um, when she got out of prison, she had to go straight to a halfway house for a couple months. Once she got out of a halfway house, the pandemic hit. And I'm like, damn, that has to be traumatic because you really didn't come home to freedom for at least a good six, seven months. Like, imagine getting out of jail and you are put in a quarantine. First, you're going to a halfway house and then you're in a quarantine. 
And I know for me, like the quarantine was a, it was a blessing, the fact that I could stay home, but it was also nerve wracking because I didn't know, you know, who I would have in my life that would pass away or if they would get harmed or even like the the stake of my job, like, am I going to still have a job? Like celebrities were shook. They didn't know if they were going to still be able to make money. None of us knew how long it was going to take. So I see like, you know, the fact that she kind of is reserved and quiet and like her peace. I think sometimes we have to understand that people had so much chaos in their life that all they ever craved was just a little piece of peace on this earth. And sometimes you have to grant people that and allow them to pop out how they want to and where they're comfortable with. Um, But I encourage everyone to go listen to it and just, you know, kind of see life through her lens. That's why I kind of like the show, because you get to see life through her lens and, and, and through like different guests. I think Lauren London's show we talked about on here before. And it's just a really good way to understand life and to see things and find some common ground with people that you that you feel like are out of reach. So I just feel like you should listen. A new segment I want to introduce is called Sharing the Glow. So with Sharing the Glow, I want to highlight people that are sharing their platforms to help others. And during my little hiatus, I kind of been like obsessed with TikTok and I discovered two people that are like working really hard to help us. They work really hard for themselves, but they also share the love. And I realized how grateful I am for life and how grateful I am for the life that I have that I said, you know, this year, I want to give give more to others, and I want to be a space where people can feel safe at. I want to create opportunities for others. I want to just help as much as many ways as I can, because God has blessed me so much. Like, and I feel like I just want to share the blessings. So, um, there's this woman named Miss um, Shirley on tic- on TikTok. And her her TikTok is beauty to the streets. So I saw her before, but she had one. Um, she was on stage with Lizzo during the American Music Awards, and Lizzo shared her award as an activist to with like seventeen different women, and Miss Shirley was one of them. And what she does is she basically has like an ice cream truck, and she goes to Skid Row, which is one of the most notorious. Notorious streets um, in LA that is populated with the homeless. And she brings food and um, first aid kits and tents and blankets, everything that they could possibly need. She brings it to them. And it originally started with her just wanting to feed one person off the streets. And she came back and gave this one person like everything she had. Like she brought them food and a blanket. And then it became like something she really enjoyed doing. So um, through donations, you can donate to, you can look on her TikTok and donate to her cash app and her Venmo. And she shows herself shopping in these different spaces to bring food. Like I even seen like where she went to a local Chick-fil-A and on Sunday, the um, owner gave her hundreds and hundreds of food that they didn't throw out that week to give away to the homeless because they can no longer sell it. And, um, 
one of the things I like is that she gives them options. And she says she gives them options on what they would like because no matter how poor you are, no matter your situation, everybody in life should have an option. You shouldn't just give something to somebody just because they should be grateful for it. Like we're all humans and everyone should have an option. And the way she speaks to everyone and she doesn't talk to them and that I worked in social work for a long time. And I think sometimes people replace sympathy and empathy and you could talk to somebody and have empathy but you don't have to have sympathy because sympathy applies pity you know implies pity and people don't want to be pitied you can understand and reflect and see where somebody's been but you don't have to talk to them with pity or treat them like they should just be grateful for whatever it is whatever it is that you give them um but she's doing great work and um there's so it's small children that she helps out. It's just so beautiful. The way she speaks to everybody is really, really beautiful. And I I commend her for sharing her glow and keep sharing with people her platform and talking about it. And you can tell she's not doing it for clout. She gets nothing from this. Whatever money y'all are sending, she's like literally just giving and pouring back into the community. And they look so happy to see her. You know what I mean? There's like people, there's people that don't speak English, but she takes her time to try to translate and get them to still pick an option, even though she doesn't speak their language. You know, there's so much empathy there. There's so much compassion and the smiles that those people have, like walking away or seeing her. And there's so many videos where people are like, oh, I saw the white van. I rushed over here. Thank you so much for all that you do. You know, oh, I still got the tent that you gave me. Like, I love shit like that. And it definitely is inspiring me and encouraging me to do more for those that are in my community. And um, if I ever decide to do something, I'll definitely share it on the show. And we can work together to figure out ways that we can help um, as well. And there's this other person. He's like millions of followers. And he doesn't need my shout out. But I wanted to bring it to attention because... I feel like as a creator, a lot of people look down on smaller creators and they don't give them their just due or they there's nobody to speak up for smaller creators. So there's this guy named Keith Lee on TikTok and he became very, very popular through food reviews. And one of the th- great things that he does is he, go, he goes to smaller businesses and give them a food review and kind of just break down like... Is it the marketing? Is it the food? Is it the customer service? Or do people just not know what it is? So imagine like your grandma has this restaurant and it's great. The food is great, but literally nobody goes there because nobody knows about it. So he goes there and he has helped so many companies. This one guy had like a small food truck and the food was good. And he was like, oh, you know, the guy was like, oh, you can have it for free or whatever. I didn't make no money today. I only made about $100. Keith Lee did a video. And literally, people have cashed at this man within 24 hours, gave him over $50,000 to help him out with his business. The line to his food truck was down the street. And it's just like when you share your impact with others, you'll be blessed tenfold, you know. And um, recently he went viral on Twitter because he defended like two smaller creators that came up with like a food hack and the companies Quizno and um, Jimmy John's didn't want to give them a shout out and kind of just 
took what these smaller creators did and now they're making millions of dollars from it, but not giving credit to these small creators. And he called them out on it because he has about like 9 million followers. So he called them out on it. And it's like, as a larger creator, that's the type of impact you need to have. You need to like use your, your opportunity to speak up while people are listening and that you have these companies by the balls and make them really acknowledge the type of work and shit that they do that's backhanded. There's no way that a creator can create a sandwich, um, a sandwich hack at your store and you not acknowledge them and you make this a menu specialty and call it the comeback sandwich, but not give that creator any type of compensation, not even a fucking thank you. So I really, you know, love the glow that these two people are sharing. And if you're on TikTok, or on Instagram, you should kind of look them up and just remember that, you know, wherever space you are in life, you can always do more to help others. And I know that we live in a very selfish society where it's just like kill or be killed. But sometimes you have to just look out for your fellow neighbor, look out for like somebody else, kind of help others where, um, where they might fall short or just honestly speak up for other people and affirm other people and be an advocate in your own way. You know, you don't have to always look out for self. I mean, it does, it's not a bad thing, but if you can look out for others, you'll be blessed and full is how I see it. So this week for the glow up is um, basically me analyzing or me talking about a conversation I had in therapy where um, I'm going to be kind of working on inner child work and my higher self and my therapist ex, um, what does being my best self look like, you know? And it took a, a minute for me to realize, like, when am I truly my best self? And I realized I'm usually my best self when I show up for me. And everything, when I show up for me at every point of life, like where I am truly a friend to myself, you know, when I am my biggest cheerleader, when I decide to take, you know, opportunities by the balls and just go full force with it. Um, I'm my best self when I'm healthy, mentally and physically. Um, so for the last couple of weeks, I've been going back to the gym because I know when I'm my best self, I'm physically active and it's not like a goal of, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds or, oh, I want to look like this. It's like, shit, like I just need to move my body. I need to move around. I need to like get these endorphins going. Um, I need to do a lot of the hobbies I had before that I enjoy, you know, showing up for me is eating well, you know, um, decorating my apartment the way I see fit, doing, um, going and doing the podcast now. And it's something that I love. I love talking to you guys. I love communicating. I love sharing my stories. I love being able to have conversations about things I see out in the world and 
trying to see if I'm the only person that thinks this way or if I'm uh, the only person that experienced something, um, showing up for me can be honestly me saying no. <laughs> like, I think I was such a people pleaser that saying no was just so odd to me. And that it was strange that at like 27, 28, I had to start working on the art of saying no. And I didn't know that I had an issue with saying no. Like I would really overextend myself and compromise what I needed to do in order to help others. And showing up best for me is sometimes what's best for me is for me to say no and stand on it and not feel bad about it and just doing what I need to do for me, you know? Whether it's like, like I said, when I was working and I would work last year, I would work like damn near six to seven, sometimes doing two weeks of work straight from between two jobs and showing up for somebody's event or going out to celebrate this and not realizing like, damn, if I go out on Sunday because this person really wants to go out and it's their you know, they've always, they keep asking me and I keep turning it down. It's like, shit, I got to go. And I'm dead ass tired come Monday. And I don't get another day off to the following Sunday. You know, it serves me better just to say, no, I can't do this. No, I can't do that. Hey, I'm not going out for drinks because right now I'm on a healthy um, journey and I don't want to drink right now. Or I am on like more of a spiritual thing and I don't want to engage in negative behaviors. And even, you know, realizing certain people that I've had had in my life trigger, you know, my past self. And I might not need them around right now because it triggers things from my past that I don't want, I no longer want to engage in, you know. And showing up for me is literally has been, is when I'm my highest self, when I'm my best self, and when I'm my own best friend. When I say, when I speak to me, like in a way that I would speak to one of my best friends, and not being dependent on other people to affirm me, I affirm myself. Um, I'm doing things that are strictly to make DeAndre happy. And like I said, helping others do make me happy, but it can't be at the detriment for myself, you know? And I have to know that whatever it is I'm doing moving forward is to push me in the right direction. And um, will I make, if the decision, my therapist said, if the decision that I make today, would it make my inner child happy? You know, would my inner child happy about the work I did today? And today I'll say yes. You know, my inner child would be very, very happy. You know, like I did something that they would have, they probably think is so fucking cool. Like my inner child would think is so cool that I'm recording a podcast. Think it's so cool that I led meetings at work and that, you know, I'm, you know, I have a boss mentality or, you know, that I have such a cool apartment and I, I'm a cool person. I could do whatever I want to do. And 
the freedom of being me, you know, and that I'm actually honestly happy at where I am in life. And can things get better? Hell yeah. I'm never going to say no, things can never get better or I don't want them to get better. But where I'm at right now, I'm happy. And the thing is, I allowed myself to be happy because I'm not longer, I'm no longer stuck in survivor mode, you know? Like I said earlier in the show, that survivor mode is necessary for when you need it. But when you no longer need to be there, you are doing a you you're doing yourself a disservice because you can't get out. And knowing to when to let go and to hone in on your manifestations and hone in what's best for you at the moment is most important. Um so I said this year. I'm just going to try every single day to show up for me as best as I could can, you know? If there's something I'm uncomfortable with, I'm going to speak up for myself. If there is something I want to learn, I'm going to do that shit this year. If it's something I want to accomplish, I'm it's going to get done by December 31st. Um, if there is somewhere I want to go, I'm going if there is um, relationships that I want to mend, we're going to fix it. If there's relationships I want to end, it's going to happen. Like Whatever it is, I want to be actively there for me this year. I want to show up for me actively this year. And I'm not putting me to the wayside to make anybody comfortable no more. Like This is the year like where I'm just going to say, fuck it and figure it out. What's the worst that can happen, you know? Either the shit going to work or it ain't, but it won't be, it didn't work because I was full of fear, you know, or that I really didn't do my best. If I can sit here and be there for everybody else and show up for them and be a constant presence and be a cheerleader for other people, I know damn well I can at least do that for myself. So with that being said, I hope that you all decide to show up for yourselves this year. And if you are, and if you want to, um, write in and let me know what that looks like for you. Um, Thanks again. I'm so glad to be back. The show is just going to get better and better. We're working on some really cool things in the future. Um, And I love you guys. And I really appreciate you for listening and i would love to hear all feedback of what you think about this new episode um so you can connect with us always for business inquiries please email just let it glow pie at gmail.com um you can also send in any letters that you would like to talk about any advice or any questions any story time to just let it glow pie at gmail.com we, I am on Instagram at JST Let It Glow, um, on Twitter at Just Let It Glow, and my personal Instagram is Deandra Kiera. Um, and we are streaming on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google. So, um, yeah, write in, let me know how you're doing, and we would love to see how you're going. Bye.